and welcome to another uh, Michigan Progressive interview. Today I'm here with uh, Jeff Hank, uh, chair of MI Legalize, and I believe one of the founders, is that correct? Yes. Very good. And uh, so we want to talk about uh, a bit about MI Legalize, but particularly focused uh, today on the uh, ballot initiative question. There's been a series of uh, changes in the original uh, ballot initiative laws uh, here in Michigan, and it, they've been assault really uh, under assault really across the country. Uh, and uh, that's particularly impacted some uh, uh, Michigan Legalize actually from the first initiative that you guys worked on. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about um, how that uh, how Michigan Legalize got started, and then uh, and 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 what the initial ballot challenge was, and how that's evolved. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you uh, for being on and being able to talk about this because you know uh, Michigan Progressive, uh, the ballot initiative process arises out of the progressive movement we saw in the early uh, 1900s in the United States, where uh, direct democracy measures were instituted in many states. Not all state. Michigan is one of about half of the states which have a ballot initiative process available to its citizens. You're not guaranteed the right to do so. It's something once guaranteed, though, the United States Supreme Court has said uh, does have to comply with First Amendment uh, measures. So the right to a ballot initiative petition is not the exact same thing as the right to petition uh, enumerated in the First Amendment to the United States. But once the uh, peti petition process is provided to citizens of a state or local government, it does have to comply with the First Amendment because it involves uh, freedom of speech and freedom of political association and the ability to petition and complain, which then extends into this ability to petition and either uh, repeal laws, amend laws, or enact new laws. So there's a long history of that, but we're very fortunate in Michigan that we have that ability and it's been under assault <clears throat> for a long time, uh, in fact, since its, uh, since its institution. So MI Legalize was a group of uh, marijuana reform activists in the state of Michigan. It arose out of a, a fair, fairly small group of people who were doing petition drives back in 2013, 2014, 2015. And um, a bunch of us got together in our, you know, uh, early January, February 2015, began to plan it. And over a series of months, we had invited all these people to these meetings, and they were serious activists, and people uh, discussed what we would do. Uh, who had the ambition to do it, um, who was in, who was out, who would put their money up, who would put their time up, who would put their effort up. And over a series of a couple months, uh, having these meetings, we um, finally elected a board. And I think for our first board may have had 11 people. And I may be wrong on that because it's been almost four years now. It's been a crazy ride. Um, but we elected basically seven citizens from amongst this group who you know, I'd shown up. So it was almost like an equivalent to like a constitutional convention for sure. the state of Michigan and for cannabis activists. Right. And, uh, you know, everybody was welcome to attend and, you know, um, and all that. And uh, not a perfect democracy or anything, but it, it, it worked. And so we um, came together and we began to draft a law based on um, what we had seen uh, from other places and, and from legal advice from all sorts of people. And over a period of uh, many months, we went through, I think, like maybe... You don't quote me on this exactly because I didn't check my notes, but I'd say maybe like 15 drafts of the mm -hmm. law before it was final. And sure. many of those we put public and people would give feedback. Mm -hmm. And we were just a ragtag group of people who really believed we could make a difference. And it started uh, after after we'd gone through this initial process and got down to the core group of people working on it. We typically met around a big dining room table in Ann Arbor uh, or a place in Lansing or something like that or in Detroit at the Cannabis Council. So we'd mm -hmm. usually be at my office in Lansing. 
uh, downtown Lansing would be at Chuck Reams uh, dining room table or be down at the cannabis council in, mm -hmm. um, in uh, Detroit. And we just hammered this stuff out. And, uh, you know, um, over all these months, we started with like less than $10,000. We just said, who's going to, who do we know right, who gives right. $1,000 to help legalize marijuana? Sure. And I was like, okay, let's all call our friends and, and everything. And, um, after through that process, we, we began to petition in 2000, June of 2015, we, uh, got towards November of 2015 and it was coming in tight on the signatures and we knew the weather was coming down fast and it didn't look sure. like we we're going to make it. And we had this, we didn't know what was out there mm -hmm. because this was a grassroots petition drive made up of citizens. We did raise money. We did hire people to do signatures, but it started out as pure volunteer mm -hmm. and we picked up, you know, resources went along. It was never enough resources. It was right. always by the bootstraps. Sure. Basically pay as you go type thing or, you know, not even. And so, um, we began to really research, uh, the law and everyone told us, well, you're done, you're done at 180 days. And I had read the law early on because I did the, like the due diligence on what's from right, a petition right. drive in Michigan. And I, and I noticed this peculiar language and I, I, I noticed that a, a guidebook the secretary of state had put out at one point that I read referenced, uh, this rebuttable presumption was what it was called. I didn't know much about it, but everyone I talked to, including most lawyers in Michigan, would tell me there's only 180 days. And I kept saying, well, did you, you where's that come from? And I was like, because like when I read the law, there's, it's not, it's not what it says. Right. <laughs> what, what, so, what's the rebuttable presumption? What does that mean? So originally, you know, we had this right going back to the early 1920 constitution in Michigan. In 1963, we enacted a new constitution. And in that, um, there was sort of an unqualified right to uh, petition. It's Article 2, Section 9 of the Michigan Constitution. There's not a time frame on it. Right. It can be read to suggest that there's a time frame in between the gubernatorial periods, which could be a little less than four years for, you know, when you include your processing time, mm -hmm. turned in time and whatnot. And historically, that's how it's treated. Ohio had no time limit, mm -hmm. on, time limit on petitioning, but most mm -hmm. other states do. Some are worse than what we had. So in the 1970s, I think it was 72, a law was enacted, which said, um, put a restriction of 180 days. And this came after earlier battles where there was a woman in Grand Rapids actually passed a petition or came close that would have taken away legislature, legislators' pay and pension. And she was, okay. she was described in the media as a Grand Rapids housewife, but she was almost successful in running these mm -hmm. statewide initiatives. And people thought it was popular right. and they almost took it away. So they had instituted earlier bans of like 90 days, but those were repealed. They were considered unconstitutional. So Frank Kelly had written an attorney general opinion saying there was, you know, not this time limit, mm -hmm. but the rebuttable presumption was put into law in the seventies. And it said, you know, basically that <clears throat> signatures were good for 180 days. Um, but beyond that, there was a rebuttable presumption that they could be invalid. And there's, there's like sort of a reasonable basis for that because over time, um, people do change their voter registration. They do mm -hmm. become registered not to vote. They die, they move, you know, things mm -hmm. do happen. Uh, they may have changed their mind in a, mm -hmm. over a long term, what they think on an issue, but Michigan law allowed for the proving of these signatures. Mm -hmm. People just had to be actual registered voters still, and you could mm -hmm. count it. But back then it was very hard because we have these 1700 or so municipalities in Michigan. Mm -hmm. There's no centralized database of voter information. Mm -hmm. It's still very locally oriented. So right. back in the day, you literally have to go find a clerk in some village and go to their dining room table and pull out the voter records. Right. Logistically impossible to do that on a rolling basis with uh, hundreds of thousands of signatures. Plus there right. was a policy enacted in the night in 1986 by the board of canvassers mm -hmm. to supplement the 1972 law. Cause no one actually tried to do it. Okay. So during that time period, as far as I'm aware, no one ever tried to do it since the 70s, no one tried to do it. Am I legalized was the first in mm -hmm. 2015 
So, so you're saying from 72 when they enacted this rebuttable presumption that limit it to 180 days um, unless you could prove that the that the signatures were, were valid. Good. Okay. And so, and I'll get to how this right. came about then. So yeah. in 86, Al Brooks Patterson, Oakland County famous, infamous executive, yeah. uh, was pushing for the death penalty in Michigan, which was very mm -hmm. unpopular with the political establishment. Mm -hmm. Michigan was, uh, you know, one of the first states in the union, maybe, or well, we've never had the capital punishment in Michigan right. um, historically. So uh, between that and an initiative that would have affected utility rates or became some litigation in 86 over those two petitions trying to be qualified for the ballot, both of which were suppressed by the political establishment in 86. <laughs> so yeah, the utility okay. companies gotcha. this pressing down and you had L. Brooks Patterson being uh, stopped right. from putting in the death penalty in Michigan, which is right. a very interesting, fascinating history that someone right. needs to write more of a story on. Interesting. But um, in 86, the Board of Canvassers adopted this rule that said, okay, if you want to go beyond 180 days, here's how you have to do it. There's two ways. One, you get everyone to sign again. Two, which is like, okay, it's just like double the signatures, basically. Right. Or it's also, there's a law in Michigan which says if you sign a petition twice, mm -hmm. you invalidate all your signatures, plus it's a crime. So it's like we've right. been encouraging people to commit a crime and invalidate right. their prior signature. That's messy. That's right. The second was that you go to every single clerk in Michigan and get mm -hmm. an affidavit that the person was registered to vote at the time they signed it mm -hmm. and at the day you turned it in. So we said right. that's logistically impossible. Mm -hmm. And the Board of Canvassers Director Chris Thomas, who I believe was on our side, he, I believe he was a good bureaucrat on the side of the people, mm -hmm told me he would try to get the rule changed, and he did. He tried three times. He came up with proposals based on what I, written communications I had sent to the Board of Canvassers. The Board of Canvassers is a four-person four appointed board in Michigan, two Republicans, two Democrats, approved by the governor with advice of the parties. So it becomes a political battleground uh, between the Democrats and Republicans, but also they unite against a common enemy, which is the, the people, the grassroots, third right. parties, anybody who challenges right. their duopoly right. or whatever you want to call it on, on power in Michigan. Is right. Maybe I it's mean, a monopoly. Yeah. It's a, whatever you want to call it. But um, so the board deadlocked on all three proposals, and this happened over a series of months. We mm -hmm. all testified. Mm -hmm. Chris Thomas, the director of the Bureau of Elections in Michigan, who was director for decades, mm -hmm. very well respected by, by everyone of all political stripes, um, testified under oath that um, uh, at this meeting that um, there was more than 180 days to petition in Michigan. And that was the law, and just no one tried it. And he mm -hmm. believed the 86 process was unconstitutional, probably, mm -hmm. and that, you know, he thought they needed to change it. Right. Thwarted. So the Lara bureaucracy, or I'm sorry, not the Lara, the Bureau of Elections bureaucracy was thwarted by this political appointee board from changing the policy here now. Mm -hmm. uh, from not, we went from 86 to here we are in 2000, you know. 15, 2016, yeah. early 16, fighting out the battle. So For 30 years. Yep. So we ended up continuing on. We said, listen, we know we have a right to do this. We're going to fight you. Mm -hmm. So and, and at the end of 2015, we as MI Legalized met and every single board member said, we're going to continue this petition drive on. We are not giving up. We're mm -hmm. forcing this on the ballot. We're going to mm -hmm. fight. We're going to sue. We're going to do whatever we have to do. We're not going away until they until they f tell us officially no forever type of thing. Mm -hmm. And we didn't give up. And everyone said, so a lot of people said, well, you're nuts and all this. I said, no, we're going to fight him. So you know, we turned our petition in um, June, a couple days later. And during this time period, the legislature changed the law again in reaction to us and limited it to a firm 180 days, mm -hmm. took away the rebuttable presumption right. Because here's, here's what I did. Um, with the help of basically uh, Mark Grebner, mm -hmm. um, we said, well, we looked at it, and there's a law in Michigan that's called the Qualified Voter File. Mm -hmm. Qualified Voter File says if you're in the Qualified Voter File, you're a registered lecturer. You're a qualified elector in the right. state of Michigan. You're right. registered to vote. 
right. by law. Right. And we said, okay, this is a computer database and it's public and we have access to it. Right. We can do this and it costs a lot of money, a lot of effort. We checked every single signature. We had enough signatures. We showed mm-hmm. they were registered on the date they signed mm-hmm. and the date they turned in. We turned it into the state. We said, we proved every one of these for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't go to 1700 clerks and we can't force these local clerks mm-hmm. to comply with this 86 policy. Right. It's a violation of all these things. They'd have to pay for it and they don't want to do it. And how do mm-hmm. we compel them? And how right. do you manage that? And it's again, it's on a rolling right. basis. And they don't even know what to do because they've never seen it because no right. one's ever tried it right. ever. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So imagine logistically that becomes sure. impossible. Then that's an undue burden on your First Amendment right to petition. Right. So we said, look, you got to help us here. We're going to sue you. Uh, we're going to turn in. We're going to fight. So we, we turned in. The state changed the law. The Republicans jammed it through on us. The Re- Democrats did mostly stand against it. I do give some credit to Sam Singh and Jeff Irwin for fighting against it. Okay. Otherwise, we didn't have much help, though. Mm-hmm. And they did vote against it, but it wasn't a vociferous. But then again, right. they were outgunned, so maybe it didn't matter. But like this was a clear attack on our on our rights petition, and I wish more people would have been with us at sure. that time. But we fought, and we went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. We got mm-hmm. screwed in the courts of Michigan. No, no court ever gave us a hearing. We never had an in-person hearing despite having, um, you know, these... Uh, you know, 400,000 almost people, 379,000 where we turned in signed a petition saying mm-hmm. we want to vote on this. And despite right. all the money and effort spent, right. we couldn't get five minutes in front of a judge even to say, hey, get the heck out of here. Right. That's a disgrace. It it's really a banana is. republic without the bananas. And so to top this off, we proceeded through the summer of 16, fighting litigation, wondering if we were going to be on the um, Trump presidential ballot. And I think we were one in 16 without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And we had a great law, but, um, up until September 5th or 6th, we didn't really know. And then we were coming to the, to the cutoff deadline. That's when the Michigan Supreme Court told us no. Mm-hmm. Didn't, again, out of court appeals, court of claims, Michigan Supreme Court, no one gave us even a five-minute hearing, mm-hmm. despite us filing all these flurry right. of extensive briefs. So that's when we knew on that, when that happened, we knew officially that like we didn't have anything close to democracy. It was a total right. mockery. We saw the complete corruption of power. We right. saw no one on our side, barely. We saw just pure, just the whole system, American system felt like fraud to me. And I said, I knew, I just, I didn't want to feel that way. Cause it was like the myths that you grew up with. You're just, they're, they're being shattered right before your face and mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Even the media, I mean, the media is covering it, but it's like, you know, this is almost like if you're in it, you should be almost marching on the streets type of thing. And, you know, it's almost cause for, for revolution. And it may even be. But then you got to chill out. You take a breath and you say, all right, well, we're going to fight it mm-hmm. <laughs> to the U.S. Supreme Court. Sure. <laughs> Let's exhaust all lawful, peaceful, peaceful right. means, of sure. course. And um, so we did. And we went to the U.S. Supreme Court. We denied a writ of certiorari, which is pretty common because it's, you know, one of uh, only about 1%. And then, you know, so like, of course, we felt really pissed off, really defeated. We're mad, but we, we just immediately started right back up with MI Legalize 2018. And because we had fought so hard and we had established this and we had never given up, we had never surrendered. Uh, all the national groups that came here had to work with us. They had to uh, basically see to our demands. We made a list of 20 things we wanted. We got, I think, all of them except basically uh, there is a possession limit in the law, but we had the most generous possession limits of any state in the United States thus far. So we got basically everything we wanted. We got help and expertise from other people. And because we had established the baseline mm-hmm. and we had a strong grassroots base, no one could come in and try to run two petitions because in petition um, theory, you know, People try to sabotage us. So the first right. time we went, we had a fake group out there, the Michigan Cannabis Coalition, mm-hmm. never clear what their intention really was, wouldn't work with us, tried to sabotage. Their lawyer was also the lawyer working for the oil and gas industry, which tried to sabotage us and tried at the 
or of right. canvassers level, they argued against the changes in our rules. Mm -hmm. So the other marijuana petition group's lawyer was also working for the oil and gas industry, fighting us from getting a rule change. It was wow. real crazy, right? Yeah. And we're watching that, and we're like, okay. So and what happened at the same time in the first go around is the anti-fracking people were running their petition. They couldn't collect enough signatures. They had failed three times, mm -hmm. and you know everyone thought they were going to fail again. But they were like, well, if we have this option to go more than 180, we were not going to give it up. Mm -hmm. So they fought a lawsuit so far, and I think they've lost. Um, but they were petitioning at the time the law was changed and all that. So in theory, they ought to be able to continue to do so. But because of that, then you got this real powerful interest. Like if it would have just been us and the marijuana people, we might have we might have sneaked through. But the moment you got the oil and gas industry and all the other chamber of commerce people involved, right. they own the system. They own these legislators. They owned you know a couple of the people probably on the board of canvassers in terms right. of directing them on policy. That's mm -hmm. what I mean by owning them. Right. They would say this is what you do, right. and that person could be depended on to do it without regard for like the common man and our and our rights right. under the They're constitution. Being paid. Yeah, and they're and they're they're usurping their right and they're exceeding their authority because our 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 political power resides with us and this is the purest expression of it is it's equal to or superior to their right to do whatever to act at all or to the legislature's right you know we have the right to act laws that's right. what the legislature has right. we didn't cede our entire. Uh, right to enact laws in the state of Michigan. We can direct uh, enact laws through our representatives in the legislature or directly. Right. So the fact that the legislature would then try to take that from the people is, is basically, in my mind, is, a, is some sort of uh, constitutional crime if there is such a thing. But um, so to, to tie this into sort of where we where we go from here is mm -hmm. uh, we then. Um, you know, brought together all these groups, worked with um, national groups and all sorts of Michigan stakeholders, mm -hmm. refined our petition, added in all the stuff that has been learned over the years from all the national groups and other states as well, and came up with a model that we were able to get a coalition around to get the money and that energy and the effort and the signatures to get on the ballot. And we won, and we won pretty strong without mm -hmm. actually spending a bunch of money. Right. So it was a fairly grassroots campaign still as well. We didn't have to do a big media campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and then we saw what we helped inspire also was the voters, not politicians, people. You right. know, a lot of people took lessons, learned from that, um, and, and, and they, they did really well. And so mm -hmm. we were the first people since the bottle deposit people, basically, that could have done it, like totally volunteer, right. basically. You know, I think the wolf people came close, and they mm -hmm. say the pro-life people can come back historically. Mm -hmm. But since Michigan did the bottle deposit, and, and that was like Michigan United conservation clubs or whatever there were interest groups still back right. and there's always interest groups sure. back in these things so like right. i it's it's kind of a joke to say anybody's purely grassroots vmp wasn't purely grassroots uh mi legalized wasn't purely grassroots in the sense that we took money and organization and infrastructure from mm -hmm. professionals who may have even volunteered it you know but like there was, was there's a basis but it's very it was, grassroots it was right. grassroots led and totally. that's, 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 true. that's the thing i mean when, 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 when you're in a when you're in a uh uh in a, uh, a social system that that is so dependent on uh, uh, on money and wealth, and to be able to, to, to be able to do stuff, uh, grassroots uh, grassroots groups are gonna are gonna organize in a way that's uh, uh, that starts from the bottom up, and they're gonna look for resources. So I don't exactly. I don't, I don't think that that's a, that doesn't make you not grassroots. Uh, it, you know, it, it 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 makes you it makes you grassroots led and smart about how you go about getting money without getting tied into something that's not that's contrary to to your purpose. That's exactly true. So I just want to clarify that people know when you say grassroots, it doesn't mean that you didn't ever take a dollar from somebody. And right. ballot committees are a unique creature under campaign finance locks. You're allowed to take unlimited contributions from anybody. 
from corporations, from anybody. Some people even say you can take it from foreign sources. Now, just to be clear, MI Legalize has never done that. But, you know, there's the election lawyers will tell you that, yes, you, you actually can because you could have foreign uh, subsidiaries funding these things. So anyway, long story short, we never got into that. But um, it was grassroots-based, grassroots-powered. And because we had established this network of statewide activists, Nobody could really defeat us because they knew that it was just going to be too hard. The cost and the price to pay was too hard. Right. We never went away. We're holding rallies at the right. Capitol. We're suing the state. We're going right. on and on and on and, uh, you know, fighting for it. So right. no matter what we're going to do, we're like going to file petitions. We're going to fight. You know, we're going sure. to fight the politicians who are. So anyway, it took four years, but we succeeded. And I think there's a lesson in that, that you can't give, can't give up. Right. You have to think creatively and think outside the box. Like right. we almost won in 16 by just being a little smarter than everybody else and doing a little more research. And, right. you know, and so what was interesting about the, the QVF is, uh, you know, when the state checks a petition, they only check five Q- QVF is qualified, qualified voter, voter file. file. Right. Um, they only check, you know, like 500 to 4,000 signatures when they do a sample. So they don't check every signature when right. someone turns in 400,000 signatures. Right, right. right. They so, do a statistical but, sample. But sure. we did. We checked okay. every – so we, well, the petition in my league I submitted in 2016 was the most fly-specced, verified petition the state has probably ever received. Right, right. And uh, the fact that they wouldn't accept it was just absurd, and right. the court wouldn't hear it. So um, – I sympathize what VMP went through. You know, people try to keep them off the ballot okay. uh, with litigation, um, all sorts of dirty tricks from the Chamber of Commerce type people, you mm-hmm. know, and you can see kind of what, who, you see who the powerful people are trying to manipulate what, what to the extent our system is democratic. Um, you know, those are the kind of people that try to manipulate it. And you see that come out in these ballot dispute proposals. So now we see with this new stuff going on, um, you see uh, these further implementations of restrictions on the right to petition, such as mm-hmm. the county, you know, limits, you have to have people, certain number of signatures from certain counties and all this. And that is really uh, not something that was ever in our constitution. And right. if the, the legal scholars, and I have the old reports written by the same people who fought us who 30 years earlier said the exact opposite when they were working for the attorney general's office. Mm-hmm. So there's a long historical record of the state's top election attorneys like John Peerich and Michael Hodge and uh, Gary Gordon and others, um, and uh, Attorney General Frank Kelly supporting this right to initiative. And right. I have those documents. They're sure. real. They're court filings. So you would assume that those have some uh, some veracity and legitimacy to this argument that mm-hmm. you cannot, because the right to petition in Michigan is self-implementing, the, mm-hmm. the legislature, nor the governor, nor the board of canvassers, anybody, mm-hmm. can place new restrictions on it. Right. Now, they can do stuff like, okay, you know, here's a, here's a petition format, you know, right. and here's like, you know, font size and, you know, it's not even font size, it's type size, but, you know, it's supposed to be reasonable and uh, not effective of the actual ability of citizens to enact this stuff. Right. So, um, all the things now, uh, one of the ironic twists, uh, first of all, the 180 day limitation is, has never been litigated. It's still ripe to challenge. Someone could challenge that at any time still Mm -hmm. should be challenged. Um, Absolutely. So that's a restriction. The county-wide stuff is a restriction. All these things that are trying to be done are uh, that our additional restrictions are um, 
you know, any sort of timeline is uh, is unconstitutional. So mm-hmm. it should all be challenged by someone here, I think, soon. Hopefully it will be. And we have a new right. governor, a new attorney general, a new secretary right. of state who should be more friendly to the people's right to, to ballot access. Right. And I think with Dana Nessel, she'll, she'll have the legacy of Frank Kelly in mind and that she wants to be a, a person who protects the, the right, uh, the direct democracy that we have. I think Governor Whitmer right. hopefully will. And I think it's time for Jocelyn Benson. This will be one of her first real tests. Right. Does she leave out things like the 180-day rule? She should be addressing them all and uh, fixing them all and taking a position that her um, Secretary of State's Office and Bureau of Elections will not be engaged in usurpations or limitations of our right to ballot access. And this becomes really tricky because... You know, it's an, I, I view it more as an establishment versus the people thing than a partisan thing because it's like sure. when Republicans are in power, they suppress the ballot. When the Democrats are in power, they're going to suppress the ballot. I mean, look at L. Brooks Patterson. Now, I don't sure. support the death penalty. I, I kind of laugh that he got suppressed in 86 right. for not putting on the ballot because I don't want to see the death penalty in Michigan. But, right. you know, it just being ethical, it's not fair to say that, you know, you can't viewpoint subjugate all these things and pick some people over other right. it's just like we have these rights or we don't right and um you know people do have a, a right to vote on these things if they're properly done and petitions are very technical so you can't just put any single question on a ballot and expect that that's going to be a law it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. so it's not like anything can be enacted by petition like in you know there are there are strictures in this context that that works within but um you know if something's a generally lawful um, measure um, and someone does it the right way they shouldn't be suppressed you know so you right. see it you know like the 86 thing people were you had the power companies suppressing people you know, over what could have been better utility rates for your common folks. So, I mean, should we have right. a right to vote on? Those are those are deep questions. But, you know, if it's a proper thing that we should have a right to vote on, then we need the people in power to not suppress it. And we've had a history in Michigan of it being suppressed, and I hope it's going to be a new day here soon. Me too. I think I think that it's really important. And I think, and I think we're entering a very different era of... Um, uh, of government, uh, largely driven, I think, by the change in the way that we communicate with each other. Um, you know, you used to be you used to have three television channels, basically, um, and uh, we have a much wider availability of information uh, from many, many different perspectives, and we have a lot of people consuming that, and then you know, processing that, acting on it, uh, and organizing through our new technologies uh, in ways that you know, you know, we can say, okay, we've had the internet, you know, for 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 about 20 years now, a little bit more than that, but we really haven't uh, been using it to its full effect in terms of what we can do, and we've seen some of that. For example, when you talk talk about you could check the vo- check it through the qualified voter file, um, and actually, I wanted to ask you about that. You mentioned that it cost a lot of money to do that, despite that it's public publicly accessible. Mm-hmm. What, what what was is that was that is that a fee charged by the state or is that just, no? That's just, just internal to, internal processing costs. You got to yeah. check the voter. I mean, it takes a lot of work to check hundreds of thousands of signatures and make sure they're real voters. And you know, mm-hmm. properly registered at the time. Oh, so uh, you, you, you had to like visually check the signatures. Yeah, it's quite a process. So okay. yeah, it is very resource intensive. However, that said, again, this is where we use tech. I mean, we came mm-hmm. up with something new. Sure. We came up. We 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 did our re- legal research, and mm-hmm. then we also employed you know modern methods. And sure. and no one had done that. So right. I mean, it was just kind of astounded. It wasn't like you know we did figure out something other people didn't through being a little more you know diligent about mm-hmm. um researching our our options mm-hmm. but um 
you know, anybody could have discovered it, just nobody had it. Everyone right. was stuck thinking in a box of stuff right. that wasn't even true. Right. And we right. were right. I mean, the law was totally right. Everything was right about what we did. We just got screwed because the establishment sure. said, oh, my God, we right. can't look at this. Like, so, you know, I'll just point this out. Like, you hear all this talk about um, petition fraud. Mm-hmm. All right. I showed the state how easy this is to do. Mm-hmm. They could internalize this. If somebody actually files a real petition with right. hundreds of thousands of signatures, there is a way mm-hmm. to, for them to be verified. I think it'd be even easier for the state to figure it out. And since right. they're checking them anyway, just check them. Right. And why won't the legislature, why won't these Republicans so concerned about all the supposed voter fraud? Mm-hmm. I said the same thing to them. I right. said, what do you? Why are you taking away? You're spending your time, mm-hmm. and you move so fast to take away our our time frame for our right to petition. Right. While you're you also BS these talking points about election fraud, and I just showed you we could do it. Right. You know, it cost us about a hundred grand, I think, but mm-hmm. like someone else could do that for cheaper. I'm sure we were just mm-hmm. afraid we did it. You know, right. on the fly. Sure. <clears throat> if I could go back in time and had known this stuff earlier and been better prepared, we could have set up systems probably to be more efficient about it. But right. I mean, even then, we were probably vastly more efficient than anybody else would be or had ever even tried or attempted. So um, hindsight's always 20-20, but um, yeah, I mean, the whole state, everything can be checked. So like when they get these bogus petitions everywhere, and there is a lot of petition fraud. Mm -hmm. So I hear the politicians talk about it, and I'm like, well, this is just really easy. And I mean, you can even go a step further, and I'm not personally, I'm not sure I want to see online voting and and that kind of Mm -hmm. I don't want to see constant initiatives. I think the initiative process should be something that's done generally when the legislative process fails where the citizens are like, oh my gosh, okay, if you guys won't fix this, you're, if you won't do what we want you to do already, then fine, we're doing it on our own. But mm-hmm. that shouldn't be like, I don't want to see that be the norm of how government should operate. I mean, right. I did, you know, and there's just, just too complicated. I do think representatives should have expertise and be there to generally handle business on our behalf, but they shouldn't take away our rights to do this. And you could go to a system of just total online voting where it's very verified, where you're a person and you can be verified as a Michigan voter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they could take a picture of your face at a computer while you sign online with an electronic mm-hmm. signature. Electronic signatures are, are covered under Michigan law and allowed mm-hmm. on contracts and everything all right. the time, quite regularly. Regularly, right. And you could be checked against the QVF. Right. You could actually be right. checked against, hey, there's facial right. recognition technology. I mean, if you wanted to, right. you could actually have citizen stuff online mm-hmm. and it could all be taken care of and it could mm-hmm. probably largely eliminate mm-hmm. fraud. Of course, there could be hackers and all that stuff too. Right. But point is, um, they don't care about that really. It's just talking points, I think, for right. the most part. Right. No, they're, they're not interested in a solution to that other than keeping people from voting. Um, and uh, uh, one of the things that they want to do is they want to control. One of the ways to keep people from voting is not only not only just keeping them from from the polls, but also keeping the things that they want to vote on from being on the ballot. Um, so this is, I mean, so so um, um, a couple of questions I have. So when you when you say that the that um, like L. Brooks Patterson's you know death penalty thing and the um, uh, uh, what was the other thing in '86 consumers power Cons- case was the case, right. actual litigation case that. Okay. Set so, some standards. So, what, what you, you said that they were that they were suppressed by the establishment. What did, is, is that through, through the court system, or was there some some other thing that was going through on? Through the there? board of canvassers and the court system. Through the board of canvassers, and of course, board of you know two Democrats, two Republicans, so they can easily deadlock. As opposed to actually having, a, yeah. If there's a deadlock, number. nothing happens. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So 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 uh, right. It's, it, it's it's it's. So if there's it's, a problem, the problem doesn't get resolved. Right. And it, it, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, no one takes authority to fix can fix it. Right. 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 And it, it, it's designed that way. Yes. I mean, you know. So not, it's dysfunctional in many ways. I mean, right. like it's meant to protect. You know, you could look sure. at it different ways. So I mean, there's mm-hmm. advantages or disadvantages. It's right. meant to provide some right. fairness and quality. Right. In theory, people would be on the same page. Mm-hmm. 
of uh you know what should be done but um you know so, uh, so let me let me so what do you um I, I you mentioned before about the you know, various restrictions that 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 they've tried to put on uh and you said that some of them were reasonable you know like you talked about you know some people might have signed uh you know and then they might have changed their mind or they might have uh passed away or you know different things like that what do you think are the reasonable uh, 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 limitations that, uh, that, 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 uh, that could be on this, uh, on this kind of, uh, uh, initiative. I don't think there should be really any limitations. It's pretty clearly spelled out that we have a right to do this in the constitution. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't think there should be any limitation. You know, I, I think the four, if it's between gubernatorial periods and there's a processing time for the petitions, which mm -hmm. is like three years, seven months, or it's, it's different for a constitutional amendment, a statutory initiative, there's a slightly different mm -hmm. uh, window of how the, it proceeds to the ballot. You sure. know, some, some things go to like, uh, our proposal went to the legislature first. Mm -hmm. Constitutional amendment proposal does not. Mm. So the legislature has an opportunity to adopt a statutory initiative, put its own option up, mm -hmm. you know, do, do or do nothing at all, which mm -hmm. they did in, in our case this past year. So there's a little different process, but I think that should be the, the window. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what historically has been. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I just think if a person is registered to vote when they sign the initiative, mm -hmm. um, that should be probably be good enough, I guess, if... If the person's no longer registered to vote at the time it's turned into the state, maybe it's reasonable that that signature shouldn't count. I don't know. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, but you know, it's it's uh, you're talking about a small fraction of people in reality right. that that actually counts. Right. So again, I haven't really don't really want to see any limitations, but you right. know, that's my general thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like any limitations. I don't, I don't see any reason for any limitations on it either. I think like when you were talking about before that somebody might have passed away or changed their mind or something like that, that happens all the time when they elect politicians. The people that that the people that voted for uh, for Whitmer that you know two days later moved out of state. You know, the, uh, Whitmer's decisions are still going to be there. You know, based on based on their vote for her. Um, you know, I don't. I I I, I think that that I think that well, that same principle should apply. Yeah, understood. Uh, and I gen those, I generally agree. There's one point though with the petition is that a petition is a is a law mm -hmm. that's been drafted and has mm -hmm. to be approved by the board of canvassers. Sure. And then that's done, and depending on the time. A lot changes in three or four years. So, like, a politician sure. can change their mind on something right. and f go back and forth, and you can f right. fall in love back. But, like, an initiative, circumstances could change where then that's – you can't change it. So, once the right. petition starts, you can't change the language. you right, got to go right, back. Right. So, there's just – there is a time element that at, at, at times I think people could say, oh, huh. But then again, they get a chance to vote on it if it does come on the ballot. So that, anyway, I don't want to get too lost right, on right, that. Right, on right. That, nuance, that was, that was the other point that I was going to make is that is, is that we're not actually in, we're not actually enacting a law here. What we're doing is we're is we're is we're saying as citizens we think that people ought to be able to vote on this, on this question. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, right. And 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 that's that's a very different thing than saying you know than, than signing a petition to make something a law, which is not a which is not a process that we have on, uh, in the Constitution. Yep. So yeah, no, I think that I think that's. Uh, 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 I think that's uh, 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 it's a reason. It's it, it's 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 a. I mean, the, the, the government gubernatorial cycle three three years seven months. I mean, I guess that sounds pretty you know pretty reasonable. Like it's, I could see I I could see some some more, mostly bureaucratic, but uh, but some reason some some reasonable uh, uh, interpretation there that says uh, you know people have had the time to figure this out that it's not really that much of a restriction because if you got to go more than three years, it's yeah, it should be yeah. done. 
you know. Yeah, you should be able to get yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, and if it's yeah. important enough, like for people to actually sign a petition, you should be. That's that's the other theory for having it be a year or something mm-hmm. like that, or people saying even 180 days. But logistically, it depends. Like you, you know, you can't petition in Michigan in the winter. Yeah. So you just can't. No. It's not. I mean, you can. Yeah. So I take that. Yes, you can. But it's very more, much more difficult. R- much more difficult. So. And we should have. You know, the thing is, is that we should have the 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 real key to whether or not we should get to vote on something should be a certain number of people that say, hey, we'd like to, we'd like everybody to vote on this. Yeah, and if they're a member of the franchise, if you're a qualified elector in Michigan. Right. And you said we should be able to vote on it. That that right. should be the, that, that that is what we're supposed to have. That's right. Actually, that's that's what that's what we have. Right. But that's what the constitution keep, yeah, says. Yeah, people keep trying to keep trying to take that from right. us. Right. 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 Like the, I mean, you know, like <laughs> you know, like we're supposed to, we're, we're supposed to have equal representation in the legislature, but they gerrymander. And again, it's Republicans and Democrats. You know, uh, it just depends on who's in power at the time, which is why we really. I mean, I'm so excited that Prop Two passed, and we we have this uh, 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 better system of. Uh, districting though well anyway that's a whole other discussion but uh um so uh what's what's uh what's next for you guys in 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 terms of uh uh, in terms of am i legalized what you're focused on next and in terms of what you see uh what, what we should be looking at not just michigan legalized but other groups uh in michigan that are looking to use the ballot initiative process what are some of the things that uh uh that are next in the in that area yeah so at am i legalized we're kind of formulating the you know strategies for the for the next steps of everything um our top priority is still to see through implementation of prop one, make sure it's equitably implemented and timely implemented and that uh, the rights that we fought for the most aren't shipped away by the legislature or by administrative rules. So that's priority right. number one. You know, we want to see uh, licenses getting issued. We want to see, um, you know, the police backing off, the, the hemp fields being planted, sure. all that kind of stuff. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's it's sort of uh, being engaged in advocacy to fight for uh, expungement and uh, criminal justice reform. We've talked about potentially doing a petition for that in 2020 if the governor mm-hmm. and AG can't figure out a way to do it or the legislature. But there seems right. to be a pretty big appetite in Michigan for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, governor Whitmer's said she supports it. So, right. you know, I think we can also give that some time. And if we have good, good political leaders working on it, then a, a petition mm-hmm. becomes unnecessary. So um, for us, we're, you know, um, the ballot question committee, you know, we, we sort of won, so that's sort of over. So we're, we're going to be shutting that down here with a final campaign finance reporting mm-hmm. and then uh, transitioning into our uh, to our PACs and uh, political advocacy. We definitely need to, um, besides uh, the state's level stuff, the key for Michigan winning early and the fact that we, we – Never gave up. We could have waited to 2020, which was the easier petition season, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing because we're moving the, the federal um, ball forward mm-hmm. uh, with cannabis reform. So we're going to definitely try to um, really be uh, informing and educating our congressional delegation in Michigan, which mm-hmm. is pathetic on the issue. I right. mean, just absolutely pathetic. Where's our co-sponsors? Where's Debbie Stabenow? Where's right. Gary Peter? They're AWOL. Mm-hmm. They're no, it's like, where's Carmen San Diego? I got to go looking for him somewhere. Right. They're nowhere to be found. Right. And it's crazy because right. we just voted on this. The whole state's in favor of it. We need banking. We need right. these reforms. We need to fix the tax right. code. If your businesses can't bank and they don't have fair taxes, mm-hmm. they can't survive. Mm-hmm. That means they don't create jobs. That means there's not funding for the roads and the schools and the veterans research for medical marijuana to prevent PTSD and suicide. So, so guys, Right. are dying that we went to fight for our freedom we overseas now we enacted a law for our freedom here mm-hmm. and uh, democratic and republican delegation members 
in Michigan, every single one of them should be co-sponsoring at least like process reforms. You right. know, you don't have to go out and cheerlead for marijuana, but right. um, you know, we need sensible ability mm-hmm. to function, right. and that requires action at the federal level. You've right. even got Trump saying he'll sign it, and I know a lot of Democrats are supporting it. There's a lot of Republicans. There's a lot of bipartisan mm-hmm. support. So it is very weird that the entire Michigan delegation is so pathetic on the right. issue. And I'll call them all out. Debbie Dingle, right. Alyssa right. Slotkin, yeah. you know, Brenda Lawrence, mm-hmm. Justin Amash, mm-hmm. um, you know, Wahlberg is still in right. there, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, all these characters, you know, who do we got up right. north now? Is it still Molinar? Or, uh, I think so. I uh, no, remember. no. Uh, what's the guy? Upton up in the UP. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, District one. No, not Upton. Not Upton. Uh, he's no. down here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the general Bergman up there. Yeah. yeah. You know, all yeah. these guys. So, um, where are you? You know, yeah. um, don't you want business to thrive in your state? Don't you right. want the uh, law enforcement focused on real crime? Don't right. you want the roads to get fit? You got to right. drive these roads, or you guys too busy in D.C. drinking wine all the time right. and, and stroking uh, lobbyists for money? Because right. that's what I think they're doing. That's right. why nothing gets done at the federal level. Everyone's sitting around just trying to raise money, and they're partying all the time, and just you know celebrities, and they they mm-hmm. don't focus enough time on actual work, right. and it's just pathetic. You know, I've actually I've actually uh, uh, talked. Uh, uh, Directly with Debbie Dingle about this, and um, um, uh, you know, you present all, and presented all the data and all of that, all of that kind of stuff, and uh, and 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 basically her response was, I, I get all of that, but I just, you know. And the term she she says that it's a it's a it's a generational and a personal divide. I had people that you know had that that I had I had people in my family that had problems with drugs, et cetera, and I just have a real problem with that. And and it's it just seems I mean, for, on a personal level, I can understand to a certain extent, okay. But but um, uh, on another level, um, it's not about you. It's about the constituents yeah, exactly. and it's about and and for the constituents if it's not about the science if it's just about your personal feelings about your family right. i think you know i mean i think there's a place for that there are certainly places where uh you know your your humanity as it is as it has evolved uh through your, through your uh, uh experiences in life and with your family and so on is very important for a lot of good government decision making but when it runs straight up against uh you know uh, science law, facts and data sense, and law and what and, we just voted on exactly we had to tell you constituents uh, where your constituents are exactly like knock knock voted. on every member of the right. of Michigan delegation's door um, right. hello this is the people of the state of Michigan did you get the did you get the memo did you get the memo did you read the right. newspaper did you vote <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah did you vote no are you still that yeah. dumb because the rest of us are telling you we want you to do something That's right. and I don't mean that people voted right. no or dumb I don't mean insult anybody right. but the but point of the matter is sure. we have expressed this so clearly yeah. And if you're going to enforce laws that are contrary to that, you can't fix them. You can't take bad laws off the books mm-hmm. and make better laws. At least get the bad laws off the books and get out of the way. Right. And just don't do anything. Right. You're doing nothing already, and it's creating problems for us. Like just right. like just like get out of the way and do nothing. That that would be okay too if you just 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 did nothing, which is kind of what you're doing. But like the, having these laws out there are still an inconvenience yeah. for everybody to operate, and it's a right. stupid inconvenience that like it's such an easy fix. Right. It's not hard. Right. This, we're not talking about the uh, Israeli-Palestinian peace process here. Right. It's like, hey, we got some tax code provisions and some bank 
banking stuff, everybody right. agrees you should be able to bank. Right. We don't want a bunch of cash floating around. Doesn't that sure. make sense? Yeah. yeah. Why can't that get fixed? Right. And when you've got a President Trump, so I don't understand it. It's just, it's just political dysfunction. Um, but I think this is where, you know, the ballot process is important. We don't have that at the federal level. Right. Not sure that we should, but um, at the state level, we do this. The sad part of this last election, mm -hmm. in a way, it's not sad because there was greater voter turnout, and that's right. a beautiful thing. It's good yep. to see that participation, and yep. it hopefully will cause change. But the effect of greater voter turnout means that the thresholds for petitioning for the next few years, years have been reset yeah. way, higher, way higher, which means if you do not have a very sophisticated organization or a lot right. of money, it would probably be impossible for you to effectuate change through the ballot in the next few years. Right. The people who do it are going to be few and far between, or they're going to be very moneyed interests. And the right. people who typically run initiatives in Michigan are moneyed interests. They right. always say you need at least a million bucks to do it. Maybe you really probably want two million to play it safe. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, get on the ballot. That's right. for the lawyers and the paper and the petitioners. And, right. You know, that's get, not to actually run the campaign to get, no, the, to, to get it's voters. It's not. I mean, uh, traditionally, that's what it, it. that is what it takes. If you look right. at the real data on it, very few groups, and you had VMP, Mm -hmm. All credit due to them, and you mm -hmm. had MI legalized, but then you got to go back in time to the pro life people, or the which was basically backed by the Catholic Church and mm -hmm. the church organizations, sure. which again are it's grassroots, sort of, but it's also large institution behind it. Um, right, or you had the pop bottle people. So, just historically in Michigan, this is it's a tough process already, and that's why I think adding limitations to it really aren't necessary. Because uh, it's not, we don't have a demonstrated problem with like too many initiatives in Michigan, right? And we haven't had too much crazy stuff adopted by initiative. It's been some close calls and some things. But I'm sure people mm -hmm. disagree on, but it hasn't been demonstrated to be some major. Right. It's not one of our most pressing problems that we're right. having too many things put right. up by citizens on the ballot. When we went well, filed in 16, mm -hmm. just for, for what it's worth, mm -hmm. uh, I think we were one of. It was either 10 or 13 groups that had, uh, potentially could be on the ballot. We were the only one that filed with enough signatures. So, I mean, mm. your odds right. of being a petition group from start to finish is succeeding. Look at Brian Kelly and how he failed on that part-time legislature thing. Right. I think it's a boneheaded idea. Right. But there's a lot of people who actually do believe in, and it's a, it's a, it's a nonpartisan thing. There are, mm -hmm. there, there are people across the political spectrum who mm -hmm. think that there should be a part-time legislature or that the legislature aren't doing enough work or whatever that would mm -hmm. sign some petition to, to mm -hmm. change that. Right? right. But even he couldn't pull it off. Right. So, uh, it's tough, you know, sure. and, and it, it's meant to be tough, but, um, it's a good thing to have. And we really, really need to protect our right in Michigan because mm -hmm. it's better than what a lot of other states have. Right. And with the trends of the world today, of authoritarianism and people not having any say in anything, right. I mean, we have to keep this as our heritage here. It is our heritage. This is our sovereign state. And, uh, you know, we never ceded these, these, uh, these things to anybody at any time, right. you know, so we, we shouldn't do it now. And right. anybody who's doing it now, frankly, is like selling out what it means to be a, you know, have Michigan heritage. You know? well, uh, what, and, and what it means to be a democratic citizen or a citizen of uh, a citizen of some, of, of, of With a, a small uh, D, a small D, right. even in a democratic right. style uh, right. society right. Of that, you right. know, right. 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 Is and inclusion and equal voice in certain type in matters. You right. Know? Right. Right. Absolutely. You, I, I'm curious, though. You, you, you said that you're not sure if we should have an initiative process at the federal level. What, what, what's your thought process on that? I'm just curious. I just don't. I worry that that's, you know, it's such a big society that, you know, if you started having if the if the federal initiative process became a tool of special interests, mm -hmm. it's very dangerous. And that's where, you know, in theory, having states protects you from federal tyranny, sure. you know, in a traditional like federalist view of the society. Mm -hmm. So I'd worry that 
knowing that state ballot initiatives are typically the province of moneyed interests who mm -hmm. aren't there for the public interest. Mm -hmm. Like, am I legalized was for the public interest. Right. I believe VMP was for the public interest. Even right. if I don't think it's a perfect proposal, I think there's some serious flaws with it, but I still sure. think it's a, a, an improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think they were working for somebody for nefarious reasons to do right. that. Just like, right. am I legalized wasn't if right. we took money from somebody, right. you know, to help get this law passed. You know, the intent was honorable uh, at the front end. So, but, but a lot of times it's not. Right. So, um, knowing that I just, I just, I don't know if I'd want a federal sure. initiative. I'd want to think that through some more. Depend how it was done and all that too, you know. Yeah, I mean, my, the way that I the way that I think about it a little bit is, is that is that at the state level, there's a there there is a uh, 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 there is a demonstrated capacity of ordinary citizens to organize and pass such things. I think the capacity for ordinary citizens to do that across the whole country is 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 very questionable. And so I think the and and and. Uh, 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 so I think that the uh, uh, having it in states is good. I think that I, I, I think that, like you said, having it at I the mean, federal level is, is something that it, we should be careful th about. This is the most fascinating things about petitions because, like, it's yeah. a question of what what should be decided directly by people, mm -hmm. and you know, it, there probably should be some pounds on that. I don't know exactly what they are, but let, let me just pose a hypothetical to you: mm -hmm. if it were a popular vote, uh, you know, fifty years from now, the United States is parched from climate change to mm -hmm. pipe. Great Lakes water to mm -hmm. California, Arizona, Texas, right. Florida, and uh, you know all these desert areas sure. to Mexico or, or China or whatever. Right. Would we want to be overrode by the uh, bigger populations in those states to do that? I right. say no. Right. <laughs> no so you got to be right. very careful what you ask for. No, I, sometimes, I, right. you know? I, 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 I agree. I mean, and there's, there's, I mean, there's certainly been some moves by by uh, uh, by folks outside of Michigan that would want to do that already. Absolutely. You know, so and they could game uh, the rig the system to right. just do that, and then they right. it's a sham democracy. Right. And and uh, they they try to claim it was done with the right. with the auspices of the people support but the people voted for it. they support right, it right, so you right. just have to be careful that you're not being manipulated right so that's uh, it's it's like uh, like I, like I was mentioning before we, uh, before we started you know uh, if you if that were to pass through the Senate right now you know 17 percent of the of those of the uh, country's population elect 52 senators which is a majority there so uh, yeah so even when we get anything passed by the Senate. Uh, we're in that position right now of, of, of being overridden by uh, by a small minority population. That's uh, uh, I mean that's what that, that's what happens a lot. I mean that's what happens every day in the Senate. That's not it's not a uh, as opposed to you know we were complaining about the lame duck here in Lansing, uh, which absolutely I mean it's it was a terrible thing. You've got people that are gerrymandered into seats so that the, so that they have a majority of the legislature with a minority of the population and they're making all kinds of changes to the laws and. Uh, that was a big deal here in Michigan uh, just uh, just a little bit ago, um, but that's what happened. That's literally what's what's happened every single day that the federal legislature has been uh, has been active for the last 242 years. Mm -hmm. So it's just um, it's one of those. It's, it's uh, uh, I, I think that I, I think that the underlying issue that that we're talking about there is the ability of ordinary citizens to uh, 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 to uh, direct their government. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's the crux of it. And if you go to the very first provisions of the Michigan Constitution, and you know the, it's in the U.S. Constitution, all political power resides in the people. Yeah, that's actually how the Michigan Constitution which starts, starts yeah. which is true, and that's why we have this right to initiative. And and mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's kind of special because in right. other places they don't have that, and right. maybe you have if you don't have that, frankly, you have less political power right. as the people. That's I mean, right. we have better rights right. by having this 
more democratic rights than other mm -hmm. states in the union even yeah, have, which is right. a fascinating kind of thing. I mean, I feel for people in the states that don't have a ballot initiative process, mm -hmm. frankly, your your citizenship is at a like a lower level quality than right. than what we have, and that's uh, right. I don't know maybe that's why we you know. It, 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 Again, you know, we can talk about states and, and Senate stuff all day. I guess when you have states as a laboratory of democracy, some states will provide greater rights, and sure. hopefully those states will prevail over time, or people will move there or copy that system because it's right. superior eventually. Right, you know? right. So, well, like uh, we did with, we looked at, you know, what uh, California and Colorado had done with cannabis, you know, and we have improved on that, you know, uh, with the law that you guys wrote. And the um, independent commission thing sure. was looked at from other states with Absolutely. the BNP. That was hugely studied for years right. by uh, Walt Sorg and Gretner right. and other people, and mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, you know, Lots right. of people there. I should right. get credit that I just don't have time, you know. Right. But your listeners will understand it. But um, right. yeah, it's really uh, it's a fascinating thing, and it's changing. And um, you know, uh, I guess the final point I could close close sure. it out here is that also involves with the um, group Keep Our Lakes Great with mm -hmm. Dr. Phil Belfi, and we had had an approved petition to terminate the easement for Line Five, the mm -hmm. oil pipeline under the bridge, and we began right. to circulate it um, during or after all this drama. But you know, uh, with the idea that we would go for more than 180 days so mm -hmm. we are considering a potential lawsuit against the state um mm -hmm. we are considering potentially circulating a new petition things have changed i also think that our political leaders might do something about it now so mm -hmm. uh but we wouldn't do this until the summer if we were going to circulate a new petition because right. it's just not time to do it right well Michi I, it's michigan winter you know i think in the next few months on on that issue alone and on this petition ballot access issue we've seen um benson uh, in the news talking about settling some of these gerrymandering, you know, they're going to reform a few congressional districts, you know, it's a settlement, it's an improvement, you know, over circumstances. So maybe if people file lawsuits or petitions, we're doing certain things that we wouldn't face a hostile you know, attorney general, hostile right. governor, hostile secretary of state. Right. And things could actually change in these next four years. We have to undo the damage of the right. Snyder shooty era right. and, when it comes to ballot access. Right. Let that first be understood that. Right. We're being sold short if we don't at least go back to where we were. And all this crap that was done in lame duck or during right. the last eight years should all be right. um, uh, should all be repealed or reformed. Right. And, and in place of that shouldn't be put some new limitations. Right. You know, I mean, right. let's be smart about this. And you got right. the referendum and appropriation issue. You got a lot of issues with that. Right. That's been very difficult. Recall periods were shortened. Mm-hmm which makes it very difficult to recall bad officials now. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of schools of thought on that, but we saw a systematic attack. You know, in Michigan, you don't need to show an ID to vote, mm -hmm. but if, if you show up, uh, you know, a lot of states you do, and then mm -hmm. apparently that's being upheld now, but traditionally you don't, you didn't need one. Right. Well, if you show up and, and ask to vote without an ID, you know, they make you go through the affidavit, but sometimes you'll be told you can't vote with an ID still. Mm -hmm. So between that the referendum stuff, the shortening of recalls, 180 day, these new restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, we have seen a total assault on mm -hmm. our tools of right. direct democracy. Right. And we need those those tools to be polished back up, restored to where they were, so we can put them to work. Mm -hmm. If I could use some sort of metaphor or whatever that is to uh, begin to rebuild and make Michigan, uh, you know, a better place. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with us uh, today, Jeff Hank, uh, chair of MI Legalize, and uh, we're look. I, I think we can expect a lot of uh, a lot of great things uh, out of the uh, out of the coalitions that have come together on a number of these issues that we discussed today, uh, and hopefully from our newly elected officials. I and agree. Thank you for all your work on this so far. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, thanks a lot.